baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Welcome back. Second hour of the Mark Reardon Show. St. Louis is home for conservative talk. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up, including a visit with Brian Kilmeade. Haven't chatted with him in a couple of weeks because um, I blame Fred. Fred was gone last week, so that means we didn't get Brian. <laughs> Fred, it's when, your fault. When do you stop blaming me? Uh, that's actually a valid point, okay. if I think How about, about it. How about Fred Botton? Uh, ladies no, and we gentlemen. Did, we, he, was, um, he was on with Annie last week, and we just thought, you know what? We didn't need to have him on the same day. So we got uh, Kilmeade coming up here in a couple of minutes. He was at the Super Bowl. He had a lot of great coverage from the Super Bowl, so we'll talk. Great, we'll talk about that. By the way, we haven't talked about the Super Bowl, Sue. <laughs> no, we what, haven't. Did you watch? I did. I got uh, well. I I only got home in time for the end of it, but holy Toledo! It was a great second half. It was it was a good game, I think overall. Mm-hmm. And I'm still waiting on my winnings from Las Vegas, Fred. They they finally they they haven't unlocked the app yet. For some oh, people, no. they have. I still can't unlock. You still the app. don't know. I still don't know. I mean, I might have won twenty three dollars or something like that. I, th- I <laughs> well, think what I do won. You estimate. I that think you I won, won probably seventy bucks over the hundred and fifty. Huh. I put a hundred fifty. Yeah, you know, because I was betting some things that were low odds, and you, yeah. you know, you bet ten dollars on what? tails, and I think you win. Rihanna's eye shadow. Back. No, I didn't do any of that. Oh, okay. So, so you're you're positive. You're an optimist. You bet 150 dollars and you won 70. Over the 150. He is. Yeah. No, no, I don't. Over the 150. In addition to what yeah. you bet. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. No, I got that's my good. money. I definitely get my money back because I hit seven of the 11 prop bets, and then I had a little money on the Chiefs, so I doubled my money on the win bet. But it, we weren't rolling heavy. You know, I've told you that right. we. You know, when we bet on the parlays, but the the great thing about parlays is you can bet 10 or 15 dollars. And you can make a couple hundred bucks or a few hundred dollars, depending on how many teams you, you know, throw in there. Uh, I didn't know if you were, were of opinion of anything that had happened. Usually, you come in here rolling with opinions about eh, football. So. I was on the, I was in the air for most of it, and I wondered how it'd be to fly on a Super Bowl Sunday, and it was a little lighter. You know, really? we had plenty of room on the flight back. Well, when I when I went to the Schnooks on uh, Sunday morning to stock up on some Super Bowl supplies, it was. Packed. It was mm-hmm. almost, and you knew people were kind of gearing up. So I would assume that during the game itself, it's probably yeah, more like a holiday. I still see people out there, and I have to address this just because I see people pointing to this um, time and time again that the uh, ah, I hate it that the game was ended on a penalty like that. Well, the game was ended on a penalty because there was a penalty that was um, called because it was a penalty. And James Bradbury, the guy who the penalty was called on, admitted that he held on that play. He held Juju Smith Schuster. So. Let's just be done with that nonsense, okay? Now, I can understand some complaints about the way that things are officiated, you know, compared to other games. But if that's a call in the first quarter, and it is, it's it's a holding call in the first quarter, it's a holding call at the end of the second quarter, it's a holding call at the end of the third quarter, why would it not be a holding call at the end of the fourth quarter when the game's on the line? That's a good point. So I reject the whole nonsense. Well, you can't call that. When, well, yeah, you can because it was a penalty. So uh, I'm just going to have to go with that. 
Are we ready for Sue's news? Oh, yeah. Let me see here. If there's anything else I was going to do. Thank goodness. I don't think so. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> oh my Fred, God. I'm sure you were great. It's like oh, yeah. the triumphant return of oh. Sue's news, ladies and gentlemen. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's news. Brought to you by Sue. You guys, my new phone came in, and I downloaded, and I did the transfer myself. Oh, Holy Toledo, it's so easy now. So I used to panic about that whole thing, and I'd have to run down to the store and say, ooh, will you transfer? It's Phones have come such a long way that it's easy. Yeah, the iPhone's You're, made it easy, too. It did used to be more complicated. Crazy. You're yeah. my new tech expert. Uh, yeah, well, okay, I'm ready for you. <laughs> All right. That whole new eSIM card really freaked me out. Frank which... gets a new phone every 15 years, so he's coming up <laughs> in about right. six or seven. That's I'll right. try to remember back as to what happened at the time. But, of course, Android Auto works better now that I have an updated phone. It's just kind of crazy to think about. Now, we were just speaking of uh, the Super Bowl, and Fred gave me this story earlier. You know how at the very end you immediately see people wearing Super Bowl champion and of course uh, the Chiefs have them but they also have them of course for the Eagles well what happens to those shirts I have an answer not what is it yet. well I know when I was in Honduras about 10 years ago I saw a bunch of people down there in shirts where there was not a championship so I think they ship them down to places like that they absolutely do they ship them overseas to thousands of needy people and they will just be wearing these and yep. this is the ceo of good 360 who did the t-shirts he said it goes to countries where someone needs a hat on their head because they're out beaming in the sun all day or they need a shirt on their back it's really a great yeah. move yeah. so everybody wins you know becky and i were, were talking about this after the game too can you imagine if somebody if like the person who has has to hit the confetti button hit the uh the green and gold confetti oh. instead oh of the gosh. red confetti oh. because there had to be two confettis right I would get nervous, and I'd think, right. oh, you know, I could barely hit this thing, and I'd, oh, that <laughs> I would know. scare me. I could see that happening. Okay, 94 years ago today. Now, if you don't like Valentine's Day, you could focus on this. In 1929. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the St. Valentine's Day massacre went down. Now, this is what it was. It was Al Capone's hitmen two of whom were dressed in police uniforms, walked into a Chicago garage owned by rival gang leader Bugs Moran, lined up seven of his boys against a brick wall, and gunned them down. That is what happened on this day in history 94 years ago. Now, on a happier note, 56 years ago today, oh, I love Riri. In 1967, Aretha Franklin recorded this signature song. Which um, is featured in the show yes, for the Mark Reardon show when yes, Al is. Sharpton cannot spell the word. What you want, baby, I got it. What you need, do you know I got it? All I'm asking is for a little respect when you come Oh, Aretha Franklin. I mean, so disappointed by that biopic from a couple of years ago because I, I thought she deserved better. I hope somebody down the line makes a different. It wasn't a terrible movie. No, it but wasn't. it wasn't very good. I agree, and I love her, and I didn't know if I would make it all the way through. Uh, and 31 years ago today, this is a classic. Well, sort of. In 1992, Wayne's World opened in theaters. <laughs> I see a little silhouette of a man. He's got a moose, got a moose, will you do the fandango? So really that long ago? It was 1992. Yes! I would have probably guessed that later in the 90s, and I would have been wrong. But that was Wayne's World 1, right? Yeah. yeah. 
kind of harkens back to the days when Saturday Night Live had funny bits. And, Kinda. Uh, you know, there yeah. weren't a lot of movies that were made that were created from bits on SNL that were very good. This was a rare exception. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and we got to hit a little bit of Valentine's Day. So there was a story out today if you uh, still need plans for a Valentine's Day tonight. Here you go. Here, here's a few Am I supposed to play with love now? Well, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> okay, well, like, actually, I want, that for, romantic, I want right? that for the quiz. Oh, okay. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, you could, uh, Fred, you have all this stuff uh, organized. I think you actually do Valentine's Day, do you not? Uh, no, we do, we wow. do not. Wow, what about no. you, Mark? You don't care. Wait a second. So, like, I'm there's, there's no by the cards, Fred there's nothing, no no exchange of not anything? Not a card, even? Uh, no. No. Well, that seems odd to we me. We agreed since we just got back from a vacation. Well, that's that's oh, okay. Well, See, that's good. I get yeah. I, I get it. Now, I did something. See, is the wife listening right now? I don't know. I don't think she is. It doesn't really matter. But I'm telling you, I did something that I've never done in my life and probably will never do again. This would have been the second week of January, right? Yeah. Right after the holidays. Might have even been the first week of January, right? I'm in the Target. I'm walking through. I see the Valentine's display. It's up right away, right after Christmas. I'm thinking, you know, the smart thing to do would be to grab a Valentine's Day card right now and not have to worry about it in six weeks. I never do the smart but thing. But you did it. I did it. Now, I'm I have impressed. to find the card. The card oh. is still in my <laughs> nightstand drawer, <laughs> and I do, I do have a little a little uh, gift as well for That's both very girls. very smart. But I had the, I've smart. had the card. I don't remember what the card said. I know that doesn't it was- doesn't matter. I think there was a cat on it, Abby, because I like cards Cat with cards cats. It truly card. does not matter. But that was a, that's a new Mark Reardon right there. That, Buying a card I, I six like weeks it. outside of a holiday. That, that means that- that means tomorrow, when the St. Patrick's Day cards fill the shelves of Target. I'm kidding. I don't buy one of those. But anyway, well, they'll be there tomorrow, won't yeah. they? Yeah, I'm impressed by that. I sent Michael, you know those, uh, uh, what you call them, Dateline, which one? The, the, the hmm, What's that guy's name? Keith Morrison. Love. Thank you. Keith Morrison. I found at Michael a Keith Morrison Valentine's Day card. And I managed to mail That's that great. off in time. That's good. Uh, I, I will tell you this. Doesn't he sort of live at the same location? Though? Well, no, no. I sent oh. to the office. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a, a surprise. Mm-hmm, All right, mm-hmm. there you go. He did not live at the same location. Oh, I was misinformed. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, you're I, smart. We have. Yes, I am. Uh, we have. Well, at least on that, not on everything. <laughs> we have a Valentine's Day quiz, and now we are going to have this. By the way, is the number one romantic song of all time. A time. According to a survey I saw today. <laughs> There's only you. Right? I mean, this seems appropriate. Big song. Right? 19, I'm going to say 1982. Do you know? Yeah, I think that was about right. I remember hearing it at the pool in the I remember summer, playing it summer. on the radio a hundred million times when I was a disc jockey. <laughs> Sugar Creek. I was uh, swimming and listening to this song. Okay, people. We've got five 81. questions. 81. I was close. Are you ready? Yep. Number one, when was the oldest known Valentine's Day message written? Was it A, 1900, B, 1832, C, 1559, or D, 1415? Fred Bottenheimer. Uh, The 1500 one. 1500 for Fred. That would be C. I'm also going to go C. Okay. What was the last year that you mentioned? 1450. Like the latest in history, though. The latest in history was what? 1900. I'm going to say 1901. Oh. Isn't that how you play <laughs> no, this game? Oh, that's a different game. game. Yeah. Is it? Wrong okay, game. Sorry about that. I don't know. I think we're going to go with Fred's answer then. The, all wow, of those are incorrect. Oh, oh, my goodness. The answer <laughs> is 1415, which just seems nuts Man. to me. Question number two. About how many roses are sent for Valentine's Day each year? Is it A, 50 million? B, 65 million, 
C, 30 million, or D, 15 million, Abby? I'm going to go with B. B for Abby. What was B? 65 I'm million. I'm going to go 30 million. 30 million. Or whatever that was, 30, 35, gotcha. something like that. What about you, Fred? I'm going to go with 50 million. That is correct. Oh, Fred, good uh, job. Fred, Fred gets that one, yes. 50 million roses are sent each Valentine's Day. Uh, number three, in what country is Valentine's Day known as Friends Day? Is it A, Finland, B, Ireland, C, Switzerland, or D, Austria? Mark Reardon. I'm going to say Austria. I have no idea. <laughs> Mark Reardon, no what do you say, uh, Fred? Finland. And you, Abby? That was my guess as well. Two for Finland, and that is correct. I should have gone with my gut because it kind of does seem like a Finland type of thing. Doesn't it? I thought people would guess Austria when I was making this up. That's what I did. (laughs) And uh, let's see. All right, Fred is winning so far, but I've got two that you're just going to have to throw something out. In Roman mythology, Cupid is the son of whom? Anyone? Aphrodite? Nope. Oh. Fred, Mark? Who is Cupid the son of? I have no idea. Oh, it's in a I song don't. from the 80s. It's the <laughs> not this song? That's the, the wrong word. Mm, That's the wrong mm, song. That's but they'll the mention it. It's Bananarama sang a song that had what? Really? What? Uh, it didn't say this specifically, but I'm your, I'm your fire. <laughs> I'm your Venus. Oh, that is oh I'm your Venus. Nice. Fred is killing it. Well, well after, that was a big, that yeah, was a was big a help. Of, yeah, well, you but know. But I'm still going to take credit. <laughs> and finally, on average, how many marriage proposals are there every Valentine's Day? Closest guess wins. What you got, Fred? Um, 35,000. What do you say, Abby? 100,000. What do you say, Mark? 100,001. So. <laughs> Mark Reardon yes, gets that one. Then we're all on the board, but friend wins. Happy I figured, Valentine's I Day. I I might be able to score one there with that. To all. You go. And ladies and gentlemen, I know you mock me for this idea, but if you can just find that one lady in the office that's already gotten her uh, flowers today, you go up, you make her an offer, say oh half price gosh. on those flowers. She's going to take home a little cash. She already got the thrill of getting the roses, showing off to everyone else, say, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks for those. It's a win-win for everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Wow. I'm a a hopeless romantic. You can tell. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Peter Wolf sent out a great Valentine's Day message from the Jay Giles Band this morning. This song, for those people not familiar, Love Stinks, 1978-78-79, album of the same name. And he said, Love Stinks, but we all crave the smell, don't we? So happy Valentine's Day. I'm telling you, buy those secondhand roses in your office. It's really a good deal, and um, a thinking person would really execute that, so I would suggest it. 
highly. Brian Kilmeade is back with us this afternoon. We didn't have him on last week. I think he was on with Annie, so we skipped a week. Fred was out as well. Brian, how are you? And you were at the Super Bowl. It looked like you had a blast. Yeah, you did a lot of stuff. It was good to do some, uh, to get out there and do something different, right? I've never been to a Super Bowl, and I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I probably never will be just because of the uh, the ticket prices. I always thought I wanted to go, but I think I'd have to go like Super VIP, which is what I expect that you did anyway, and that's got to be a fun way to go. Well, I mean, to tell you the truth, you, you pretty much work. Uh, I mean, I dropped in a few things because Fox had uh, their their events. But, for example, I went in at 530 to 615 and then one interviewed Kane Brown. I'd rather work. Uh, I want to do the recap of the game so I didn't get to the event that I was supposed to get to until 1030 at night and had to be up at 230. So I went there for 20 minutes. So it's like I got a flavor of it, but I'd rather work it. You know, I'm, I'm just not in the mode to be at a big event and say I'd rather sit back and relax. Yeah, no, that's, that's the way that you were built. But since you brought up Kane Brown, let me ask you this. His wife, that song that he does with his wife, which is Shot yeah. Up, it's crossed over to, you know, Pop Radio 2. It's an amazing song. Her voice is, when I heard that song the first time, I looked it up because I didn't know who Caitlin was. I'm like, well, Caitlin Brown, right? The same name. And it's his lovely wife. And man, did they knock it out of the park with that song. She was in the green room, too. And she's like, no, it's about my husband. And I'm like, okay. So I was going to have her walk over. But it was the first time that night that they sang the song in the United States. And evidently, um, she was she was on her way up, and they got married, and they have kids. She's real young. I mean, uh, they're going to be grandparents by 40. So, so, uh, <laughs> well, the, so yeah, she's the... very young, but they got two kids already. And he just had a horrendous upbringing, but he never complained. He's like, you know, we lived in the car for a while, never knew who my dad was, didn't know I was biracial, was picked on as a, as a kid. I, I lost myself in sports. Uh, and then I also had music on top of that, didn't have the money to go to college, but uh, he obviously is multi-talented, great, uh, a great athlete, broke through by the time he was 20. Interesting story with him is that he was on the X Factor, and Simon puts him with a boy band, and he's like, at the last minute, he liked the guys, but he's like, I just don't want to do this. And he just left, and he wow. kept in touch with those guys. And yeah. then he goes and makes it as a solo artist, and he went back and put those guys on his label and broke them out. Now, I didn't... Uh, I, I wrote down what their names are, but evidently everyone's like, you don't know who they are, so I'm not Mr. <laughs> Country Music. But So he, he felt bad because he left the guys. He's like, I just don't want to be in a boy band. That's a so. fascinating story. Well, look, the, the song I was referring to is Thank God. I wish I had it to play right now. It's a really, really great song. And I heard it on, um, when I dabble with, uh, you know, non-terrestrial radio, I heard it on Hits 1 on Sirius XM, which shows the crossover appeal for sure. So did you then stay for the game? Did you watch the halftime show and all that? Were you already out of there? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I did the game. Did the pre- I was on for the pregame, got for the postgame. Um, so during the game, um, this is the first time I ever had a seat. So I watched two quarters. And then you, but I'm kind of logging it along the way. So when you go on the field, your goal is, you know, you find uh, uh, you find Isaiah Pacheco, and you know what's the play you want back. And Pacheco, the play I wanted back was the hard hit that almost knocked him out. And then the next play, he gets the ball and he runs around in for 12 yards. And he's with his mom, and I just asked him, like, you got hit that hard. What happened? He's like, I would have been fine, but I got the air knocked out of me, so I went down. When I got it back, I couldn't wait to get up again. And she said, I knew he would get up. He's a bulldog. I watched him since he was eight years old. He never gets knocked out of games. So I'm just fascinated by that. Uh, and, you know, talking to um, Jason Kelsey and his mom on the field. In fact, if you go on Instagram on the NFL website, I'm just waiting for them to hug it out. And I was able to interview them right after. 
So it was pretty cool. Just to me, Mark, you're like me. Would you rather be in the stands having a few beers? Maybe a third of you. But if someone said, would you rather be on the field? No, no, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I'm just, so when people go, you had a good time, I go, yeah, because I have a good time when I, when I do uh, have an opportunity like that. I don't know when I'm going to have it again. Well, have you checked on, you know, Hemmer was just apoplectic after the Bengals, and then Jesse, I heard him complaining about a bad call, even though he didn't realize somebody used to tell him the guy that committed the, the so-called bad call at the end of the game admitted that it was a penalty. So just check on Jesse because I'm worried about him. Well, all of Philadelphia. But you know what they did? I, I loved, I, I am the most underappreciated attribute in the world is losing with class. You know, so... When Bradbury said, I held, held, but I thought he was going to let it go. Wow. He just took all the pressure off the referees who don't get paid a lot of money and don't want to be the ire of everyone's anger. And God knows how many people lost money on that. And then the coach said, we didn't lose it on one play. Yep, it was classy. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what we need. Yep, it is. and J- life, Jalen, too. Jalen Hurts, top. He was my fan. I love Jalen. Uh, I wanted the Chiefs. I'm a Chiefs fan, but I have nothing but respect for his skill and ability and just the way he handles things. So it was a great game. We all want a good Super Bowl. We're a little you know, biased here, some of us as Chiefs fans, but it was a great game. Right. I mean, you used to have the Cardinals, and I did talk to Kurt Warner, too. So his legacy is St. Louis. And Arizona, you know, so even though the Rams won it, he feels like Saint, he feels like it was a different team when he was in uh, your city. Absolutely. So, I mean, when he comes back, how is he treated? Is Very he treated well. Like, oh, yeah. They've, they've yeah. been, you know, he and Brenda have done so much for the community that, and there's a lot of ill will, as you would imagine, Brian, about the NFL, even though I looked at some of the ratings and the ratings for the game in St. Louis are very strong, but obviously the way that the Rams left left a terrible taste for the league itself. But Kurt Warner, never, you know, the object of that. He's very well loved and justifiably so here in St. Louis. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about a couple other things. It, it, it is it just me, or are there a lot of weird things happening right now? I'm going to spend a little bit of time later this hour yeah. on the uh, the situation in Ohio, which I feel like we haven't gotten all the information. you got objects being shot out of the sky, just weird things happening, and we're not getting answers from the administration on a lot of these things, are we? I've been terrible. They've been absolutely awful. And you know how I know it? it when John Tester says it, when, uh, when Congressman Heim says it, when Senator Menendez says it, and not, it's almost an arrogance. I don't owe you an explanation. And to see him, the president, walk by cameras three or four times, just hop in an SUV, and desperate reporters who, by the way, just wait, wait. I don't care if they have a nice summer home or whatever, they're vacationing. They just wait for something to happen. So they get a glimpse of him, and they're desperately screaming out things, what are, what are these objects in the sky? And he keeps going. And then he gives one-word answers. And Justin Trudeau calls a press conference over the weekend. And then they send Pierre... Uh, Jean Perrier out there, and either she had chooses not to or doesn't get any have any answers. And I don't think Admiral Kirby was much better. No. Uh, so I, I'm I'm so fed up. You know what it is like? You don't you know I don't owe you an explanation. I'll tell you what you need to know. And we're past that as the American people. We we're used to we're not waiting for the six o'clock and eleven o'clock news. We're twenty four hour news, and then you got social media. And if the president's not going to respond to that, be nimble enough to have a communications division that answers that and doesn't even care. So that, that, to me, is what he's misinterpreting from the midterms. The big political story today was Nikki Haley. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border, and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. 
So, Brian, I've seen a couple of times today on Fox the slate of, you know, the pictures of all the potential GOP candidates. And it sort of seems like here we go again with this huge field. And is that going to be productive for Republicans? Not sure. But you're going to get at least seven. So, that, I mean, do you ever remember a cycle when you have a challenger, you don't have the White House we're going to have, so we're, without seven or eight? I don't. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think they're going to fight it out. The interesting thing is they're going to be all going for the same policies as Trump. So they're going to have to say, I want to do the same thing, although I'm not going to make up a nickname for my Asian transportation secretary. I'm not going to attack other conservatives. I'm going to, I might have a different policy when it comes to the Kurds. So they're going to say, I, I'm younger. Wow. This is the problem with having three dogs. <laughs> I have uh, two. I get it. Yeah. So this is, you know, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to be running. You're, you're, you're going to say, this is how I'll lead. Exactly like the other guy, only I'm younger and I'm more mature and I'm not going to get into personal arguments. It's a tough argument. It's, an inter- it's something we've never seen before. So it's a tough argument to make. I mean, Al Gore said, John Kerry said, I'm done, one and done. And Al Gore said, I'm one and done. And John McCain, uh, once he got the nomination, he wasn't trying for it again. Uh, Romney didn't try for it again. This guy was president. He goes, I'm going back. We, okay, let's go back. How did Grover Cleveland handle it? That's not going to help us today. So this is going to be exciting. I, I am so into it because it's going to be strategy. Uh, you know, I was talking to Carl Rove today without anger you know, about what is, where is the lane for Nikki Haley? Where's the lane for Mike Pompeo? When does DeSantis hit back? Yeah. I love it. You know, this is almost spring training when everyone thinks they have a shot with their new free agents and their 22-year-old rookies that they have a shot at the World Series. So I, I, I love this time of year. And you also have normal CNN commentators not declaring that any Republican, every Republican's a fascist Nazi. So they're kind of looking at Nikki Haley and saying, well, good governor, good ambassador, uh, personable, good on her feet, confident, tough. I'm like, wow, what channel am I on? I'm (laughs) banging the side of my set. I'm like, this is CNN. Well, then, all right. So we kind of a good time. We didn't talk last week, but then your thoughts on uh, two things. The New York Times piece that comes out states the obvious that a lot of us have been saying about, you know, the vice president and what they're whispering behind the doors on the Democrat side. And then the Judy Woodruff interview with what did you make of his answer about 2024, where the president says, watch me, watch me. My response was, I did watch you on the State of the Union, and I heard you confused about whether or not Chuck Schumer was the majority leader or the minority leader. So I have been watching you, and I'm a little worried, Mr. President. Yes. Thank you, Mark. Everyone says how great that speech was. I, I'm, I, I, what are you talking about? Uh, you know, I wish some of the things the president wasn't, you know, the, the Republicans acted a little bit more mature. Yeah, but me too. I actually think it worked to the Republicans' advantage when he goes, you know, they want to get rid of, they want to sunset Social Security and Medicare. And he just told, what is it, 33 million people that? If Republicans sit on their hands, there's so many people who aren't engaged like us in, in our audiences Go, yeah, I, you know, I watch the State of the Union. Republicans want to get rid of Social Security. Believe it or not, I know that sounds stupid, but a lot of people heard that. But no one can walk away from that speech and say Republicans do want to do that because they actually yelled like it's the House of Commons. Everyone's like, oh, that's terrible. And, and traditional Republicans and, uh, you know, maybe it's Ari Fleischer and Karl Rove go, you never do that. You gotta show that. Okay, fine. But does anyone leave that State of the Union and really think Republicans want to get rid of Medicare and Social Security? In fact, the president says, Okay, we agree on that. So it's on. It was Rick Scott's idea. 
I understand what he's saying. They're both going to go bankrupt. He's used to be he's used to balancing his checkbook, but you don't politically. It's really not smart. So that's Rick Scott's idea. There's a congressman from Texas has an idea about a 20 percent consumption tax. That's his idea. Right. right. Republicans don't hate ideas, but it doesn't mean they stand by every one of them. So that's just it. So I just the cartoon phase of that conversation, I hope, is done. Totally agreed. Hey, by the way, before I let you know, I let you go. I'm guessing uh, that you're dialed in a little bit. But, man, this is a major story with this whistleblower at WashU in our children's hospital here with the transgender clinic. And I don't know if you spent any time on it, but holy smokes, I would recommend you read not only her um, the whistleblower's story last week, but the affidavit that our attorney general, I have our attorney general, Andrew Bailey, investigating this. He's coming up after five o'clock, Brian. This report is stunning and it's nothing Less than child abuse. It is the most. I had a, an activist on last week, and I said, "Why? Why is this? He's from Canada. Why are you so, you know, interested in this issue?" His name is Chris Elston. He goes by Billboard Chris online. He goes because I don't want to say, you know, years from now that I sat on the sidelines during the medical, you know, the greatest medical child abuse scandal of our times, and I think that's what this is. Yeah, I mean, I got it. I did read it, but I didn't sink into it. So I will get. I will get on top of that. Um, but this is. Uh, it's interesting the way this is spun. One half of 1% of people consider themselves transgender. Why are Republicans making a big deal of it? They're being abusive. Not really, because people are looking at kids and tell them, don't declare your gender like you don't, uh, as if like you pick a college. And that's the wrong, that's the wrong approach to this whole issue. And that's the whole thing. And then you find out things like that, that back, totally back up the greatest fear that every parent has. You send your kid to school and next thing you know, they're being told, don't listen to your parents, and this is what you do, and you don't have to tell them that. Yeah. So that, that backs up the theory that it's not a culture war, it's a practical war. Well, and, and beyond that, you know, you can actually, and I don't think this will actually happen because it's impossible in this country, but you strip the politics out of all that, and you just look at the kids that came in. One of the most troubling aspects of the report is that you had kids coming in that were clearly not trans. They were mentally ill, like in some cases, severely mentally ill. And the answer from the clinic was to hop that up on hormones and, and kind of move on. And it's, again, if there were not crimes Committed here, there there should be statutes that cover this. Brian Kilmeade, awesome to have you back on. Have a great week. We'll talk next week. Go get him, Mark. Thank All right, you. take care. Yeah, thank you. Trying to catch up with Sue here because she was gone Thursday, Friday, yesterday. You know, the news cycle is so weird. Here's one example I would give you, and we're going to walk into another. There are what thirty-one thousand plus people who have died in this terrible earthquake, and we barely talk about it in this country. It is it, very it, strange. It's staggering, you know, but there's so many other things going on. Let's talk about something going on a lot closer to home, and that's the train derailment and the questions about that. Justine McDaniel is with us from The Washington Post. Uh, it's pronounced, Justine, East Palestine, right? Not Palestine. Is that correct? How are you this afternoon? That's right, and I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Fine, but, you know, we're sitting here in St. Louis. We see all these pictures. You see them on Twitter, and there just seem to be a lot of questions about what happened here, and then you get into, you know, conspiracy theorists and and stuff like that. So let's kind of go back to to what happened originally when this train derailed. What can you tell us about the original accident? Yeah, so the train derailed on uh, February 3rd, so we're about 11 days out from the derailment. And the National Transportation Safety Board has said that um, it is most likely uh, was caused by a mechanical issue. Nobody was injured, um, but about 50 train cars came off the tracks, and some of those were carrying hazardous chemicals. So when they derailed, a large fire started. The fire burned for a few days uh, because it was too dangerous for firefighters to get close to it. 
Um, and eventually there was a, a, the danger that there might be a major explosion from one of the train cars. And so uh, the governor and um you know, his associates decided, made the decision to release, to have the rail company release some of the chemicals out of the cars, do a controlled release. And it worked to avert an explosion, but it added to the pollution that occurred, um, you know, because of the fire right. and the derailment. Yeah, I played a little of the audio from Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, earlier this afternoon where he explained that. He kind of went into the details of what would have happened. They gave him a scenario. If there was an explosion, it's going to be pretty bad. This is going to be better. This is an area, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, Justine, the uh, geography is between between Youngstown and Pittsburgh, I think a lot closer to Youngstown, Ohio, than Pittsburgh and uh, east of Canton. But so then I can't even believe you said it was the 3rd of February because it doesn't seem like it should have been that long ago. If you live in that area, though, you're told that it's safe to return. But your reporting indicates a lot of people don't trust that at all. Right. That's right. We've talked to a lot of residents who have serious concerns about going back, partly because there's still a strong odor in the town. And residents say that at their homes, they've had their eyes burn, instant headaches, even nausea and vomiting. Um, so they're wondering if it's safe to be there, uh, even though authorities say, you know, they're not picking up anything in their air monitoring uh, that shows hazardous levels. And it's possible to smell these chemicals even when they're not at levels that are deemed hazardous. But residents are uneasy. I spoke to a couple of people who were thinking about moving out of the town and to others who are just frustrated with the situation and want more information. Yeah. And Justine, one of the issues is, as you've reported in, in your accounts, is they have not really given people the complete list of what the train was carrying chemical wise right right we reported that over the weekend and then on sunday the epa did release a list um, showing more detail okay. about what the train was carrying and there are six chemicals that uh, it looks like were released um, either came off the train or were byproducts of a chemical burning in the fire so I, I see a couple of things. Just let me offer this as one example. I see someone tweet out yesterday, I live seven miles from this and my, you know, my goat just died or something like that. I actually think that was the tweet. And then somebody else says, well, I'm like three miles away and nothing happened. With reports relating to animals dying or anything like that, is there any veracity to that that you can tell? What we heard from state officials at the news conference this afternoon was that 3,500 fish across four local waterways were killed after the spill. Um, they said that fish are not continuing to die, which uh, would be a good sign that there's not continuing contamination, but the initial spill caused that. Um, and those state officials said that they had not heard any reports of any other types of animals dying. Um, you know, reporters mentioned those anecdotal reports like you brought up, mm -hmm. but they said they hadn't had reports of that from veterinarians or from residents. Are, are, is there still an area that is um, essentially blocked off and evacuated or not? No, everyone who is evacuated is allowed to be back in their homes, um, but there is an active cleanup going on at the site of the accident, which is just next to the train tracks. Trains are actually continuing to come through all day. Uh, the cleanup workers pause whenever a train comes through, and they're excavating about a 1,000-foot area of soil, uh, we heard from officials today, and pumping some water out. All right, Justine, thank you so much for the information. I feel I feel like we haven't covered it enough even on this show. Justine McDaniel from The Washington Post, thank you so much for chiming in this afternoon. Thanks for having All right, me. All take care. Sue, yeah, I don't know. You know, if I lived in that area and it smells, now who knows what the, what the right. truth is. But it's you're going to say, know. I'm not going to go back there with my kids or with my animals when it still smells the way that it does. It seems pretty significant. Just even the pictures, if you look at the pictures from the explosion. The pictures or the, are the horrific. Fires, yeah, they don't look good at all. No.
So I, I just think that we're in a situation with a lot of these things right now, and you can kind of empathize with the people of this area of Ohio, where you can't really trust the answers that are being given to you from officials. I Boy, mean, Mike DeWine, I think, did a pretty good job today answering some of those, but probably, were you surprised when she said it was February 3rd? Yes. Because it always, it seems like it would have been just like last week, but uh-huh. it wasn't. <laughs> and it'd be nice if someone in the federal government, maybe the transportation secretary, <laughs> would address it or go out there and have, make a statement, but crickets. Well, no, he's talking about white construction workers. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing doing the good paying jobs, don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Yeah, that's what Mayor Pete's talking about. He wants to run for president. Just keep that in mind. Third hour, Andrew Bailey, the Attorney General of Missouri, on the whistleblower report from Children's Hospital in Wash U. After the top of the hour. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.